You're listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Today on the show, skeptics and social media. Life, the Universe, and Everything Else is a program promoting secular humanism and scientific skepticism that is produced by the Winnipeg Skeptics and the Humanists, Atheists, and Agnostics of Manitoba. You can email your questions, comments, or criticisms to us at podcast at winnipegskeptics.com. Show notes, references, and relevant links for all episodes can be found at lueepodcast.wordpress.com or at winnipegskeptics.com slash blog. My name is Ashlyn Noble, and today on the show I have with me Laura Creek Newman. Hi there. Lauren Bailey. Hi. And Jem Newman. Hello. And today we are going to basically just rant about things we hate about the internet. (laughs) As opposed to every other day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a different podcast today. (laughs) I started off wanting to talk about different fake stories that come up on our Facebook or Twitter news feeds, and the red flags that you can use to spot them. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and we're also going to talk about how nuance it doesn't exist on social media. It's a bad, bad thing. Without any nuance. (laughs) Yes. No, no, no. Universally bad. There will be no nuance involved in this. So the, the posts that got me started on this track are ones that you've probably seen on your Facebook feed. Uh, they usually start off with something like, due to the fact that Facebook has chosen to involve software that will allow the theft of my personal information, I state that on this date, in response to the new guidelines of Facebook, pursuant to articles blah blah blah, I declare that my rights are attached to all of my personal data drawings, paintings, photos, videos, texts, etc. published on my profile, and they usually go on for like seven paragraphs and nobody reads the whole thing. But at the end it includes that if you haven't published this to your timeline, then you are at risk and you're allowing Facebook to use elements like your photos and uh, texts and everything else however it wants. And so people think that by posting this notice they're protecting themselves and then Facebook Uh, can't use any of the stuff that you've posted. That's just not the case. (laughs) (laughs) Blatant false. Yeah. uh, If you take three seconds to look it up on Snopes, as as I did, you can see that it has a big red false button on it. Uh, Unfortunately, this has been exacerbated by some news outlets actually reporting on uh, this, like, very credulously, saying that Uh, Facebook is making changes that are going to allow it to use your stuff and, uh, you know, you have to take these steps to protect yourself. There are really only a few things that you can do to protect yourself from Facebook's uh, terms of service, which you agree to when you make an account. You, and these are outlined on the Snopes page. If anyone needs a little refresher, just look it up. (laughs) You can not sign up for a Facebook account. So if you've already got an account... You're, you're screwed. Uh, you could bilaterally negotiate a modified Facebook policy with Facebook. Good luck with that one. <laughs> you could lobby for Facebook to amend its policies. Oh, then that cute. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it so that'll grassroots. take 10 years, and by then we'll, nobody will have any privacy anyway, so the <laughs> point will be moot. <laughs> or you could cancel your Facebook account. But if you do cancel your Facebook account you've probably already given away some of your rights, and you can't get them back. All right, Ms. Dr. O. (laughs) Didn't realize you'd been writing for Boing Boing. Nope. 
I haven't even been reading Boing Boing. I've just been reading off of Snopes. <laughs> so when I see my friends or family members posting these screeds about how they're not going to be using Facebook anymore because of their privacy things or they're going to be uh, or they're posting this long status that says that Facebook has no right to any of my stuff. I just I wonder do they really think it's that easy? <laughs> that you can you can sign away your rights by clicking the terms of service and then go like, "Nope, I don't think they apply to me anymore. I'm just going to post this thing." Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to that the eternal debate on the internet about, you know, free speech, uh, which, Jesus, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to get into that, but, uh, you know, you're using Facebook's platform, you can agree to their terms of service and use the platform, and they can m mine your data, or you can not agree to the terms of service and not use their platform. And I'm not saying that Facebook has good terms of service or that you should agree to their terms of service. I am personally not a big fan of Facebook, uh, but that's really what you get when you uh, use somebody else's platform. Yeah, you're free to choose not to use yeah. it. Right. Unfortunately, it, it it is hard it, on the internet uh, to like we have a we have a situation where there isn't a lot of competition mm -hmm. for for these types of platforms. I mean, you have Facebook and Twitter and. Ello, is that Ello still now, happening? Yeah. Don't forget <laughs> MySpace and Google's. What was that? Google, Google Groups. Google groups? No, Circles? Google Plus. Plus. Yes, Plus. Google, Google Plus. Plus. Yeah, which we used to <laughs> record this podcast many times. <laughs> yeah, and then as we know that Google has a, a much better privacy record, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't be evil. Yeah, well, that's all. The, they, they they did pull that bandaid off recently and yeah. officially changed their slogan. <laughs> It, it's it's really hard. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, you know, you you want a realistic slogan that uh -huh. isn't something sort of weird, like "Don't be evil." But at the same time, they know as soon as they change it away from that, there's going to you know yeah. you, you got to tear that bandaid off as early <laughs> as possible. I guess. What I'm saying is, yeah, Facebook terms of service and their privacy situation is awful. Uh, I recommend not using it if if you don't like Facebook. I'm I'm with you. Let's <laughs> together march off into the sunset and not use Facebook. But in the meantime, this is not going to do anything. Yeah, I, I think a, a lot of it comes from the fact that most people using it are not computer like technology savvy no. at all. I mean, the vast majority of people we can get on and we can do things. Like <laughs> I count myself in the in that group, not the savvy group. Like. <laughs> Because I know how you to know, post an album. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can do some stuff on there, but in terms of how everything else works, and then you add the legal aspect of it, which is incomprehensible to most people who don't have a law degree, you know. So I think a lot of it is just people just don't realize that it goes a lot further, and there's that this can't really be done. And then, uh, yeah, this, this last round, I saw a lot of people posting something like that too. And they were saying, you know, Channel 13 or whatever channel was originally airing it yeah. airing it so if that lends credibility because tv news does have a, a lot of credibility right so except brian williams <laughs> <laughs> zing topical it's on tv so it must be yes. for real yeah. sorry so but, but you know they i think a lot of it is just that people just don't they just don't understand yeah and that brings me to the first red flag that i wanted to talk about 
if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, so if it's as easy as copy and pasting a status to get out of the crappy terms of service that you agreed to, probably not going to work. If, uh, if there's a story about how you can change your life with this one easy trick, probably not going to work. <laughs> On the other hand, if it is about going into your Facebook profile, clicking on settings, and then the little gear icon, and then going <laughs> down on the sidebar on the side where you say usage, you know, if, if it's a spe very specific thing using Facebook's platform to, or, you know, whatever platform we're talking about, whether it's Twitter or whatever, to change the way you are using their service, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then that's, you know, obviously going to be a more legitimate and while you're there, remember yeah. to unclick moose herds stamping right. across your site. The yeah. thing that I'm always curious about with regard to this, uh, you know, if you think it's so easy, first of all, how are you going to know whether Facebook is abiding by this these terms <laughs> that you have set out for Facebook on Facebook? Mm -hmm. uh, second of all, how would Facebook ever abide by those terms? Do you think there are people reading your feed and saying, oh, well, this guy posted this this thing on Facebook that says we're not allowed to use his data, I guess I will go into and reconfigure the way Facebook works <laughs> so that his data is excluded. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's bots. You know, like it's... <laughs> there, there are algorithms that take control of this. They're not going to parse that and change their behavior based upon this thing that you post. Yeah. How would that happen? <laughs> Magic. I don't know. <laughs> it's the computer gem. It just knows. That's true. Computers wouldn't, can do anything. Wouldn't you have to keep it, like, always at the top of your feed? So it wouldn't... Oh, sounds terrible. You'd think so. Don't don't give people any ideas, Lauren. Oh, come oh. on. I dare you. <laughs> Once a day, every day. Yeah. Oh. It has to be done at 8.03 a.m. No, no, no. They'll just, have, they'll just have to comment on it bump every day. Oh. oh. Why don't we just be... <laughs> it's a, I, I mean, uh, that's... Board users. That's really yeah. good that you point that out, John, because... And again, I think this comes back to people just don't know how the internet works and how websites and programs work. So, you know, by that logic, if you posted one day, I hate Facebook, they're the worst people ever, don't you think they'd, like, shut down your profile or something? Be like, hmm, well, guess you don't like us, so... They can't even shut down people's profile when they're making, like, horrible transphobic threats. You know, yes, but if you make Mark Zuckerberg cry, you're out. <laughs> exactly. But what all I'm saying is, you know, if they could be that specific about what you're posting one day, like, yeah. you'd think that it would show up a lot faster. You know, I think that they would stop trying to give me ads for registered holistic nutritionist <laughs> courses. I don't <laughs> care. Laura, Laura, I think you need to brush up on your skills, though. <laughs> Speaking of ads about uh, holistic nutrition. Yeah, so my one of my least favorite things about social media is the reposting of terrible health and nutrition advice. And it seems to be daily. And I'm sure part of that is because I'm in the field that I'm in and, you know, food is a thing, is an important thing for me. And so I'm more likely to see more of this kind of stuff. But it just... It makes the rounds, and it gets posted by a lot of people from all walks of life that I happen to know. And there's just so much of it out there, and it's sometimes really easy to spot something that you should be very, very critical of, but sometimes it can be a little bit harder. So um, there's a couple of things that you need to think about. 
sort of like Ashlyn said, the first thing is, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Or maybe Jem said that. Somebody was leading up to that <laughs> point. But really, that holds true for pretty much anything in mm -hmm. life, and especially with these health and nutrition things. One of the biggest things, you know, there's so many claims that I can't go through all of them tonight. I can't possibly debunk all of them. I thought maybe I would go through one sort of list of claims that I'd seen recently, and I just thought, no way, that, that'll take me days to talk about. <laughs> so one of the big things when it comes to um, nutrition is a big thing right now. Um, you'll see, um, I'm going to use the example of coconut oil because that's the the product Most miraculous du jour. substance uh, known to exactly mankind. it does everything you know in the last three days i've seen a list of 80 things that it can do 101 things it can do and then 12 amazing things it can do so the uh, last one sounds credible yeah, yeah really the, the, the other 89 are shitty things <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's like things it's not can do yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not great these are what you really want to go for <laughs> it once so, tried to paint a picture yeah <laughs> Um, so these ideas, this, if you see lists, these kinds of things, this is something you should really be very critical of because it comes back to that idea of a cure-all, right? We all can think back to those days of, uh, of traveling show medicine where it's like Dr. McGillicuddy's whatever elixir that'll cure what ails you, right? Full of laudanum and cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes just like lead. You know, whatever <laughs> happened to be snake around. Venom and sugar. Exactly. That was um, dinner. <laughs> so that what uh, doesn't kill you makes you very very sick. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then maybe kills you later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it comes back. It's the idea of that cure all, right? Some magical substance that somehow is going to cure everything. And this is something that's really just, it's never been the case in life. There's never some magical thing that takes care of everything, right? So, I, I'm, I don't know, cocaine is pretty magic. It is, but then it doesn't solve the whole drug addiction and, you know, diminishing <laughs> you finances and crime problem that you develop later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a pin in that for when we're not recording. <laughs> not that this happens for everybody. I'm just saying it may not, it, it may come with some other problems. Some side effects. There, yes. This is like awesomeness. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> Maybe when you're in, okay, well, anyway. <laughs> yes. But, but the point is... Just ask Clive Owen. We've been watching The Nick lately. Oh, God, so sweet. Yes, that's why... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so far, nothing bad has happened. He's clearly functionally functioning 100% all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, really, the takeaway message is, if you see something that seems to be great for everything... You know, maybe maybe it is really good for some of those things. Maybe it's good for nothing. Maybe it has a use in a lot of those things. But chances are it's not going to be the best thing. And it's not going to cure everything on that list. Especially when you can look at some of the illnesses or whatever it happens to be on the list that it's supposed to make better. And they are from very different body systems and very different causes. You know, it would seem very odd that you would have this one magical substance that's going to fix that all. Yeah. I've read some of those lists and uh, there's usually something about like put it on your cuticles and it'll soften your cuticles and like sure that's probably a thing that's true but you could use any oil. Exactly. <laughs> I have cuticle oil for that. Yeah and, and that's. Big and from real cuticles. Yeah. I was like, 
<laughs> so that's something that's very common with the coconut oil. Usually about 50 of those uses have something to do with rubbing it on your face or putting it in your mouth or putting it in your hair or your wherever it happens to be. And, you know, like, oh like you say... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you say, Ashlyn, it's it, really you could use a variety of different fats. One thing that I will say, coconut oil is probably decent for some of these things because it has a melting point close to body temperature. Yeah. So it's going to turn into a smooth, soft liquid really quickly compared to, say, you know, beef tallow. If you're rubbing that on yourself, might take a while to soften up. <laughs> oh, God. But... Eventually, it would, right? And you smell like McDonald's. And you smell like... <laughs> Coconut oil is a very excellent source of deliciousness. Yes. Although, true. so is beef tallow, let's be so honest. <laughs> most fats... I'm vegetarian enough to admit it. Many fats are an excellent source of deliciousness. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's what it is. Um, general rule, if something on Facebook claims to help you lose weight, it is not going to work. <laughs> just, just... No, just no. Um, general rule in life, things that claim to help you lose weight generally aren't going to work. You mean my <laughs> diet and exercise routine is going to work? Uh, so it's even, a rule of thumb. It's not always right. It's not always right, but even still, the science of weight loss is incredibly, incredibly complex. Having your, I don't know, however much of coconut oil or whatever it happens to be every day isn't going to work. Just So just no. But just what if no. I just hold it in my mouth for 20 minutes? Um, well, you might get, like, a, a lovely tropical flavor going on, but, oh, uh, oh, I don't know if you would after oh 20 minutes, God. but at first, oh. at first you would, and then it would just be disgusting. <laughs> Ashlyn is just in the corner cringing. From yeah. what I understand, that's, uh, you know, uh, oil pulling is recommended by, uh, many holistic dental practitioners. Yeah, and Gwen yeah. Paltrow. Oh, well, we know that she's a fountain of knowledge, so... She also recommends $1,200 black dresses to the average consumer, so there yes. you go. And steaming your vagina. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, okay. That's how... Yeah. So, another thing to look for is, um, who is posting this? What is the original source of this link, right? Especially when it comes to foods or food supplements or any kind of supplement in that. Is someone selling it? A lot of times these things get that get reposted go directly back to the company. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously companies need to advertise if they're going to make money. That's how business works. But the thing is, if they're the ones posting this, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts because they truly believe that this will enrich you random Facebook users' life, right? They're just trying to get their name out there so they can make some money, right? So be wary of that. And check the source is another one of those just big red flags for anything. Yeah. If it's, uh, even if it's not coming from the onion or the beaver or whatever. Beaverton. The, Beaverton, right. Which has really been hitting it out of the park lately. Yeah. yeah I've been impressed with the Beaverton lately. <laughs> so some people get taken in by the headlines that are from these satirical websites. <laughs> but even if it's not from somewhere like that, there's places like the Daily Mail or the Sun. Yeah, that the other satirical newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where if it's posted from them, you should really find like four other sources that are not linking back to those papers before you believe. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, clicking through, okay, so you're looking at that source, that's great. Is there any reference for anything on there? Especially if they're saying, this is going to help with this. You know, if they're making a really specific claim, which, you know, in... Um, 
in traditional media advertising, and they have to be very careful about these kinds of things, mm-hmm. but it can get a little bit murkier on the internet, especially if something's getting passed around from Facebook wall to Facebook wall. And so, if they have a source, does that source have anything to do with what they're claiming? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even if it just links back to a paper, you don't necessarily know that the source says what they're claiming it says. Yeah. Exactly. Like that movie we reviewed where the paper that they were showing had the exact opposite conclusion that what they were claiming yeah. it showed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And this Amazing. is a common thing, or especially, um, you'll see this a lot with any kind of um, weight loss aid, they'll talk about how it's been proven... And sometimes they'll link to a study that actually did study that thing, but a lot of times it's either not a great study or is so small or it was done in, in vitro. vitro or maybe <laughs> mice or something, which yeah. are all, you know, these are all important steps in the research process, but there's no way that you can be making claims in an actual living, breathing human being based on this kind of evidence. You mean 12 kids that you paid at your kid's birthday party don't actually equate to a study? <laughs> <laughs> That was the original Wakefield study. Oh, Oh, yes. No, it doesn't. Absolutely not. Can we please make this 100% clear? No. Vaccinate your children. Please do. Um, Another thing, too, is a lot of these claims are really fear mongering. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are, you know, this is going to kill you, or you can't be healthy without this really, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence for this, right? If you haven't been, let's say, eating coconut oil up until this point, and this whatever it is, is saying, you know, you're going to die if you don't, because clearly you're falling behind in 101 places that you're not (laughs) using this stuff. Um, You know, my hair could be so much shinier. Yeah, like, stop and think, like, am I really falling apart right now? Like, is this really going to how, from what they're saying in here, which is, you know, I don't know, makes your skin soft. Is this really that big of a claim to say, like, stop using everything else because it's so unhealthy or it's mm-hmm. going to kill you, right? Well, and it has such a problem with all of these clickbaity titles that have been, you know, over the past few years, has been getting worse and worse. Well, journalism is trying to keep itself on life support, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so everything from, you know chocolate is going to disappear within 10 years or oh my you know anything just we're, <laughs> we're going to quote some elements of supply and demand but then ignore the fact that supply and demand is a thing <laughs> no it will get a little more expensive for a while yeah. Come on. <laughs> there was actually one that um it really showed me the power and this is terrible and ridiculous but for just a second, when that news story came up that was like, McDonald's is getting rid of the Big Mac, I was like, what? Why would they do that? No, I would be sad. And then I was like, wait. And I googled it, no, that's totally fake. <laughs> so if a news story ever has you ma- that ever makes you have that reaction, just google it. <laughs> that's actually, that was exactly what I was going to say next. You see something that goes, oh, I didn't know that independently go to a new tab in your browser and type it in and see what comes up. Okay, that that's probably one of the easiest things that you can do. It doesn't take a lot of intervention. And a lot of times you'll find a variety of information that what if you had just clicked through, you would never find that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably one of the best things that you can do. Just do it before you share the news story. Yeah. Social media is kind of like Cliff Clavin. It's always going, hey, did you know that? And you can always respond, 
I still don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Cheers was not a great show, but Frasier, when it did Cheers callbacks, great show. Do you have more stuff? Or? No, that's pretty much it. We can I go through some more We don't want to talk about Him- Himalayan Yeah, let's talk salt. about Himalayan yeah. rock salt. Okay, I, I kind of forget now. I have to look back. Um, I'm sure you could just Google Himalayan rock salt and... Well, there was a specific really good infographic, and that's why I reposted it going, this is ridiculous, because Uh, it was so fake. Like, it was trying to say that Himal... It was trying to talk about the differences between Himalayan rock salt, which is apparently the be-all and end-all of salt, Mm -hmm. uh, and table salt. Yeah. Yeah, our uh, sister-in-law posted that one and just made me very angry. Yes, and so they're trying to say that um, while table salt is, you know, nearly 100%... Um, sodium, sodium chloride, chloride Himala- Himalayan rock salt is only like 85%. And, and has all these other good things in yeah, it. Yeah, and it's per- it's a good source of other minerals, and they list a bunch of minerals. 15% pink! <laughs> yeah, exactly! So their argument is, you should buy this salt because it's less salt. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's, yeah, you know, too, basically that's what it is. Use this salt because it's lower in sodium, so it's better for you. It's like, it's salt! And, and it took, all you needed to do was go to, go, like, the Wikipedia page for Himalayan salt. And it was right there, very easily. Like, obviously, Wikipedia, you have to be uh, wary of things like that, but it is getting to be a really credible source. And you go to the references, and it links to very credible information. Mm-hmm. And it was right there that, no, it's 98% sodium chloride or something within 1% or 2% of, of table salt. You know, uh but if it makes you lick a lamp. But what if we use kosher salt? How much better for me is kosher salt? Oy vey. Um, it's the same. <laughs> also, sea salt, same. Oh. Black salt, same. Smoked salt, same. Fleur de sel, same. Oh, but smoked salt has delicious smoke in it. Yes. So, taste differences? Probably. Moon salt. What? Moon salt? Moon salt. What is moon? Is that a real thing? Oh, has this been, like, exposed to the light of the moon or something? It's... <laughs> only harvested in certain bays of certain oceans at certain times of the night at certain times of the month. Wow. That is... That is cr- some next level crap. Yeah. <laughs> that... Yeah. Holy cow, that is a lot of effort put into that. Well, if you, turn, if you turn moon upside down, it almost looks like woo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was awful. Oh, I don't know where this thing is. I'm sorry. I don't know if the online app is... I don't know Uh-oh. if I can find it. Because uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other things that mm-hmm. we talked about. So, um, but yeah, that one was that one was actually a really easy infographic to deal with because all of the things that they claim you can easily Google. Anybody can do this. As long as you can read and type, you can do this. And it was easily interpretable information that you got back from it. So mm-hmm. basically, if you see an infographic telling you why this is better than this... You go. Just Google it. If an infographic is being widely shared enough for you to see it, there's probably a Snopes page about it by now. So you can Google the subject of the infographic and add Snopes at the end. It'll probably bring up the page. Or you can do in Google, Mm -hmm. site colon snopes.com space and then type a search and that will search Google against (laughs) snopes.com. Yeah, I never remember what the exact thing you have to put in. Oh, that's good. So. Yeah. So Himalayan rock salt is an excellent source of deliciousness and hypertension. And yes. that's it. 
Okay. Pretty much. It also makes candles pretty when you when yeah. you put it. In it really front of the does. Candle. But yeah. it's not going to cleanse your aura or somehow remove toxins when mm-hmm. you burn a candle inside the holder. Yep. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, there goes my night. Himalayan rock salt is also good for uh, starting family fights, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can use one of those big bricks of it to. Oh, I'm gonna not complete that sentence. <laughs> I'm gonna save it for family Christmas. <laughs> Oh, you know what it's else? Cooper ending those fights. <laughs> I'm trying to segue. <laughs> segue away. You know what else is good for starting family fights? Gem Nuance. Newman. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is going to be a bit of a rant. And I'm sorry for that. Kinda. No, he's not. I want to talk about the fact that the internet seems to hate nuance. Uh, it's certainly been my experience that whenever one attempts to discuss some specific fiddly detail of an issue, uh, subtle distinctions seem to rapidly dissipate, like a morning fog exposed to sunlight, leaving only two diametrically opposed <laughs> positions with little concern for the details. And this happens in all Put sorts some craft of into this, this, this happens in all sorts of discussions, whether it's something topical like Gamergate or the Charlie Hebdo massacre, or something a little bit more esoteric, uh, like how in the rush to teach kids to code, school curricula seem to be teaching computer literacy more as a marketable trade skill rather than integrating it into the educational process as an increasingly vital basic skill for interacting with the rest of the world. Do you folks know what I'm talking about? When, yes. when I say the internet hates nuance? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I also know that I'm guilty of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, oh, basic, it's basic human tribalism. And although I try to be wary of it, too, uh, I'm certainly not claiming that it doesn't affect me. I mean, even Jesus himself was no fan <laughs> of a nuanced opinion. Uh, to quote the book of Matthew, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Nuance is really important. There's a difference between seeking expert opinions and deferring to authority. There's a difference between criticizing ideas and belittling the people who believe them. No. There's a difference between explaining why something happens and excusing the fact that it happened. There's a difference between wanting to listen to minority voices and seeking to silence the majority. There's a difference between criticizing the way pharmaceutical research is conducted and wholeheartedly embracing alternative pseudomedicine. <laughs> but these are exactly the sorts of distinctions that we seem ill-equipped to deal with when we communicate on social media. I'll give a couple of examples that might serve to both illustrate what I mean and make people angry. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so... In the wake of the Charlie Hebdo massacre, pretty much everyone was horrified, and many people took to social media to express their outrage and their solidarity with the French magazine. Even more than the Danish cartoon scandal of 2005, the event was galvanizing to those who were concerned with issues of freedom of expression. I saw many of my friends change their profile pictures to images taken from the pages of the satirical magazine, and the Je suis Charlie hashtag was born. Many discussions ensued. Some productive, many not. The Pope himself entered the fray, pissing off pretty much everyone uh, by effectively saying that Charlie Hebdo brought this on themselves. Quote, you cannot make fun of the faith of others, 
he told reporters, uh, that if his friend cursed against his mother, quote, he can expect a punch. I think the Pope used wow. to be a bouncer, so, you know. <laughs> this attitude is clearly an example of victim blaming. It's the sort of thing that we often see in discussions of sexual and domestic assault. You know, the, the she-had-it-coming mentality. And that's unacceptable. But some criticism of the Je suis Charlie hashtag was a little bit more nuanced. Some, particularly Muslims, uh, people of color, uh and the hard-left, bleeding-heart, hippie-liberal white folk like me uh, criticized both the magazine itself and the people reposting its cartoons because at first glance, and if you ask me at third glance, they seem a little bit racist. Not because they deign to show Muhammad, of course, but because Charlie Hebdo has a penchant for using stereotypical racial characteristics in their cartoons. You know, giving Arabs big noses and Africans really broad lips. Uh, th that sort of thing. Now, I will readily admit, I am happy to admit, it's sort of the point of this of this rant that I am admitting that this is a complicated issue for a lot of reasons. Uh, racial stereotyping is pretty much a mainstay of all political cartoons, not that that's an excuse. Uh, Charlie Hebdo has a penchant for intentionally lampooning the style of the overtly racist caricatures that some far-right political cartoonists use in France. Uh, Muslim immigrants face appalling discrimination in France on a daily basis. And despite the fact that this issue is framed as a fight between free speech and tyranny, with Charlie Hebdo on the side of the angels, French police have actually been cracking down and arresting people for posting satirical cartoons critical of Charlie Hebdo on Facebook, on charges of supporting terrorism. Like I said... The issue is complicated, <laughs> but this is the internet. So instead of engaging in a good faith discussion of this fraught, complex situation, we seem to mostly just bunch together in teams and shout at each other. <laughs> Somehow the discussion ends up being about whether Charlie Hebdo was either wholly racist or not racist, a <laughs> distinction so polarized as to be completely meaningless. But that's the internet, right? The middle falls away, and we're left with the discussion only of the extremes. So, if you want to know who's right here, I have two things to say. First, I will promise to link to some interesting, nuanced discussion of the relevant issues in the show notes. And second, if you're looking for a right side and a wrong side, you're kind of missing the point of this whole discussion. <laughs> no, but, but were they racist? <laughs> I need to know. I'll leave us hanging, Jeff. I want to make a couple things clear. An appreciation of nuance is not the same thing as middle grounding it. Uh, middle grounding uh, is a way of presenting a false equivalence between two positions, effectively stating that this discussion isn't worth having and that your preferred middle ground between the two extremes is the only rational point of view. It's basically a way of delegitimizing a discussion, casting everyone participating in it as irrational extremists. So a an example of this is uh, the people who talk about how everybody involved in Gamergate, you know, whether they're pro-Gamergate or anti-Gamergate, everyone is, you know, dumb. It's dumb. We sh everybody's an asshole, whether you're on this side of the debate or that side of the debate. Uh, I just want to enjoy my video games, and you guys should stop talking about it. That's middle grounding it, you know? 
Like when your mom has to come onto your Facebook wall and tell you to stop fighting with your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Laura. Technically, I wasn't fighting. I just reposted. You were just debating. You were just presenting some nutritional information. <laughs> yes. I saw something that was horrendous that needed some clarification. And I had some very informed people who were happy to jump on in and, and uh, comment. And then, yeah. So, uh, appreciating nuance is not the same thing as just trying to be a middle grounder and make everybody stop fighting or say the discussion isn't worth having. And I'm also not saying that you shouldn't be passionate. I'm not saying that that at all. As emotional I've, arguments are wrong. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> As I've said before, passion is a really important motivator for people. And claiming to be purely rational and above it all is disingenuous at best. You hear that, skeptics? <laughs> so... Uh, this isn't actually about Charlie Hebdo. I just wanted to, to uh, bring that up as an example of uh, people trying to discuss some nuance and that nuance being totally blown out of the discussion and everybody uh, wanting to frame it as a fight of good versus evil. When someone suggested we talk about Charlie Hebdo on the podcast, your reaction was, I don't want to touch it with a 50-foot pole? <laughs> yeah, well, it's because it, it's a it's a super complicated issue. I mean, like it's not complicated in the fact that if you know you make a cartoon about something, obviously, obviously, we you know we don't even need to say this. We don't need to prove that we're humans. Of course, all humans, all non monsters agree. You don't kill somebody for making fun of somebody else, regardless of whether or not they were being an asshole. Yep. You know, you just you, that's just not on the table. So I think what happened is a lot of people said, okay, we all agree about that. Let's talk about some of the other interesting details of this, of, of what's going on here. And other people were like, no, 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 we can't talk about that. Um, let's talk about the other things instead. Anyway, this is, not, this is not about Charlie Hebdo. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this whole nuance thing I actually got the idea to talk about this from a couple of different sources. One thing that, that caused me to, to go off on this track was a video I watched recently by a prominent YouTuber, Hank Green, called Thoughts from the Edge. I'll post a link to it in the show notes, but in a nutshell, Hank got the opportunity to interview President Obama recently, and that exposed him to all sorts of way over-the-top partisan criticism that he wasn't used to having to deal with, and that largely seemed very polarized and didn't seem to be engaging in any substantive uh, discussion. And it's a, it's a great video, so we'll, we'll link to that. Uh, the other thing that got me thinking about this was a comment that CGP Grey made on the most recent episode of the Hello Internet podcast. Grey used to be a teacher, and in a past episode, he advocated for removing mandatory additional language education from the curriculum. He gave many thoughtful, interesting reasons for this, which I won't go into now. I'll, I'll link to the episode in the show notes. Uh, but Gray says that when he was looking at the discussion about the podcast later, he found that people were talking about it as though he were some sort of English supremacist who <laughs> thought that no one should ever waste their time learning a second language instead of somebody who merely suggested that second language education shouldn't be mandatory, especially given that there are many other really important skills that are left out of the curriculum. 
But the nuance had been lost, and suddenly it was either you're for learning languages other than English, or you're against learning other languages. Another sidebar. I'm actually still pretty mad at Gray about something that he said recently, uh, which I'm just going to mention right here because I've got to get it off my chest, man. I've got to get it off my chest. I like CGP Gray, and I often agree with him, but he was talking about how uh, he thinks that history is kind of a burden on society, and that if he, he thinks that if somebody gave him a button and said, if you push this button, it, you can erase all knowledge of history. What? He said, yeah, I think I'd do it. I think I'd push that button. Wow. He lives on a sky whale. And so his reasoning, his reasoning was that there are all sorts of people who irrationally hate other people, like the Welsh hating the English, and if you just removed all knowledge of history, they would have no reason to hate each other anymore. And I was like, that is like the, what, what are you, how, that's not how, that, but what... Jem couldn't finish the sentence for weeks after this. <laughs> As my friend Brendan put it, he is dangerously wrong. Yeah. Yeah. His, his failure to understand the situation is monumental. <laughs> the argument is basically that by removing all historical context for all current conflicts and inequalities, yeah. somehow they would all go away. Instead of, I think that that's more likely to provide additional fodder for racists, for example, for saying, well, these certain communities seem to be uh, not doing as well on these tests that we happen to be using for historical reasons that we don't understand. Yeah. I guess they're, they're dumb. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> when obviously, you know, divorced of historical context, you, 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 you lose the ability to understand situations. Well, none of us would be talking about this because we'd all be trying to start fires because we don't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not going to rant yeah. now. So, <laughs> so bizarre. So I, I was annoyed and mad at, at, at CGP Grey about I've that. I've never heard of him before now and I'm annoyed and mad no, at him. He, you know, he's, he, uh, he's generally great, but he has some blind spots like we all do. So, you know, whatever. I think CGP Grey is wrong about that. But hey, uh, if I can be wrong as often as I am, uh, I'll extend Gray the same courtesy. He has my permission to be wrong. <laughs> anyway. Um, He's been waiting so for it. <laughs> so uh, that was one of the things that got me thinking about this. The fact that Gray had mentioned on his podcast that, you know, he had made these comments about something not being, uh, something shouldn't be mandatory. It should be offered as an elective, like a lot of things like computer usage is an elective. Uh, and people should be able to take it. And then suddenly it was, he hates all foreign language education. <laughs> so, uh, does anyone else have any other examples of this sort of polarizing with us or against us stuff that you've seen on social media lately? Oh, so many. I have left so many different message boards. <laughs> I, I couldn't even begin. A lot of it, I guess, comes up if you're talking about anything political. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know it's hard for me as well when people are like well I support the conservative party on <laughs> such and such point I'm like really <laughs> but on this other point that we're not talking about they're terrible yeah like, well yeah <laughs> I hear support the conservative party and my blood pressure rises yeah <laughs> so, suddenly you know your ears fill with static and the and and you feel your face getting red hot with rage <laughs> I know but then like on the other hand um, it depends on the context in which it's presented to me, too, uh, because when I hear things like the uh, the Death with Dignity uh, that just passed, mm -hmm. 
Hooray! Yay. Yay. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Oh, when people... You get one. When I hear that, you know, oh, it was a conservative MP that uh, was the person who introduced it, I was like, oh, well, good for that guy on that one thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, believe it or not, identity politics shows up in politics. <laughs> what? Yeah. The uh, hell you say. <laughs> I'm openly critical of our Prime Minister for many reasons, for example. Because he's know, terrible. Among them, his reckless disregard for, uh, you know, poor people and minorities and science. <laughs> uh, and a couple of years ago, I remember a specific example where a friend of a friend responded to some of my uh, criticisms on Facebook saying that what I had to say didn't matter because, quote, my blood runs true blue. <laughs> Uh, now th- you this, get this that point, checked. Yeah, this point may be confusing for our American listeners, but in the Commonwealth, the color blue is typically associated with the Conservative Party. Well, Liberal parties tend to be red and/or orange. Uh, so, this true blue thing frames the discussion as if it were like a sports match, I guess, mm-hmm. and no, no amount of evidence could dissuade this person from rooting for their team. So, go blue! <laughs> Woo! Yeah, and and that's. As as you said, Ashlyn, like I I catch myself doing that too, and it's it's frustrating. And it feels uncomfortable when you realize it. That yeah. cognitive dissonance when you <laughs> sort of glimpse it out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another example that I thought of recently is um, uh, American Sniper. Obviously, we're 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 going hard political on this. <laughs> oh. Uh, you, you know, I like managed I'll, to not know anything about that so far. So I'll except uh, that people are mad about it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, honey, I will. Uh, <laughs> we won't get into it, but you know, you'll see somebody on Facebook or Twitter post, you know, something like, "I just finished reading American Sniper. Chris Kyle was kind of an asshole," and then suddenly the discussion is derailed, and you have to either support the invasion of Iraq or you hate the troops. <laughs> <laughs> but. Well, on that note, it's it's been that way with, I mean, when it comes to any kind of uh, military intervention, it's been that way with, with everything, right? Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't possibly say back in, what year was it, uh, 2003 when, 2002, something like Three. that, when they invaded Iraq, it's like, you couldn't possibly say, maybe going in there wasn't legitimate, maybe there was some concerns it, to, to the reasons behind that because oh. it was either, well, then you support a tyrannical regime and you don't support our fighting women and men who've given everything to be there, right? Like there, you I couldn't... remember a lot of people saying that, but I'm sure they got a lot of flack for it. Well, but, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying it, but the thing is it immediately went yeah. into, yeah. well, yeah. then you clearly tr- your buddies with person. Saddam Hussein. Well, yeah. no! Yeah. <laughs> Not at all! That's not what I was saying, but it, it yeah, then there was no there was no room for anything other yeah, than you know, like discussion of extraordinary rendition in Guantanamo Bay, suddenly like, oh well you want the terrorists to win. No, that's not what I'm I want us to stop being terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Okay, so so let's uh, let's veer uh, more away from the political and uh, the last example that I had uh, is 
from our show, actually. Uh, back on episode 69 in November 2013, we talked about Quebec's proposed Charter of Values, which failed, thankfully. Uh, our discussion focused on the fact that under this charter, uh, religious minorities, especially Muslims, would be forbidden from ostentatious displays <laughs> of their faith, which includes wearing the hijab, uh, if they want to participate in uh, government work. Or public sports. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we on the podcast kind of had a problem with that because it would violate some pretty basic rights to free expression. And we got some flack for that. In an iTunes review, one of our listeners judged us guilty of groupthink and declared that we, quote, openly support religions that would enslave us all. Although, yeah, totally us. Although, in fairness, it didn't stop this same listener from giving us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So, Thank you, crazy man. Yeah, uh, that's a good opportunity to point out that this show is ad-free, and we don't ask you for any money. Not that we begrudge other podcasts their advertising. You know, do what you gotta do. All that we ask is that you leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Please! We asked really nicely. You might even get mentioned, especially if it's <laughs> inflammatory. Yeah. <laughs> Make Jem rant. Come on, I dare you. <laughs> it's not hard. Yeah. So I, I found myself, because of the way these discussions go, and I'm curious if I'm the, I, I can't possibly be the only one, but I found myself <laughs> wanting to discuss these nuanced issues, or obviously finding myself on one side of an issue, but then wanting to say, well, but then there's this other thing related to it. I don't want to discuss the main issue because everybody agrees, okay? But there's this other little thing that I want to talk about, which is interesting to me and isn't fully fleshed out. So let's talk about that. No, no, no. I get I know I'm dragged, kicking and screaming back to the, the main core identity politics. And I find that when I want to post something on Facebook or on Twitter, sometimes I just don't. I just won't do it. Because I know that the discussion is going to end up in this polarized shouting match. So here's an example of that. Sometimes uh, I want to talk about the problematic way that Anita Sarkeesian talks about sex work in her Feminist Frequency videos, which I generally really like. I'm, I find them really helpful and informative, and they make me look at a medium that I love, video games, in a new, interesting way. But sometimes she's pretty sex-negative and frames, uh, like, you know, she, she calls sex workers prostituted women in one of her videos. <laughs> very literally objectifying them, saying that they have that they can't possibly have any agency, and that, and that's problematic. But given the discussion surrounding Anita Sarkeesian and the way she is being relentlessly, ruthlessly attacked for things that no, there's like there's there's never any excuse for the stuff that's happening to her, but it seems especially nonsensical and unbelievable given the very reasonable things that she's saying. You know, I, I don't want to I don't want to have a discussion that will descend into this shouting match. And I know that any discussion related to Anita Sarkeesian's work will. And I also, you know, feel like I 
I kind of don't want to be critical of her as much yeah, you for don't something dump so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like, let's be critical of somebody else for a while. Okay, yeah. she's had enough. <laughs> I'm in your corner. Just I want to talk about this, but yes, yeah. yeah. Later, and, and, and there are coffee. there are intersectional <laughs> feminists and and uh, sex workers' rights advocates who have tried to engage her in discussion, and I noticed that she seems to have changed her language on this particular issue uh, in uh, more recent videos. Uh, so I'm not I'm not trying to say that she is totally wrong about this or that she hasn't learned. I like I don't know. But has this ever happened to any of you? Where where you want to start a conversation uh, about one thing, but you're afraid of being pulled into this polarizing discussion, or where you have been pulled into it? All of the time. I mean, I I hang out with people who are much much smarter than me, so I generally don't talk a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't feel that I can present something in a, in a way to get the nuances that I'm thinking about in my head across, and so I'll come, up, so I'll come across as either strident or dumb. Not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with being dumb. I enjoy it immensely, <laughs> but I mean, it's, I don't open my mouth in most social situations. And when I do, Ashlyn can tell you, I spend the entire way back home going, oh god, why did I say that? Everybody thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, she's generally not. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's my own... I, I know where you're coming from, but I'm putting mm -hmm. my own social anxiety on top of it. Yeah. But, well, but yeah, but that's true, because if you know that this is coming, right? Mm -hmm. If you know that, if I say this, it's not just going to be, I'm going to say this and we're going to move on in conversation. If I say this, this is where we're going. It, yeah, you, you stop and you ask yourself, am I prepared to have this conversation right now? There's, you know? there's things I don't say at work uh, be, due to some co-workers who are... Conspiracy have, theorists? Well, there's the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yeah, the, let's not get into that. But even I had said, yeah, we went to the parade this weekend and it was fun, being the gay pride parade. And I didn't realize that that would wind one of my co-workers up about the antics that go on at those things. I'm like, this is Winnipeg, honey. <laughs> there ain't no antics, but I got into her with got got into her with it. Got into, into it, it with, with her. There you excuse go. Excuse me. <laughs> got into that. Got into it with her once, and I just don't mention it anymore. And this is something that is probably familiar to skeptics, not just when we're talking about uh, nuance, but when we're just talking about generally being skeptical on the internet too. Like sometimes you ha you just won't. You know, depending on your personality, sometimes you'll have to make that judgment. You'll have to say, is it worth starting this fight right now? And it's, like, it's it's too bad, but one of the things that I find is that on the internet, it's, it's a lot worse, and it's a lot easier in person to engage in pleasant, nuanced discussions. I actually find that that sort of nuance is really appreciated when you're talking to somebody face-to-face, -face, when body language is... Uh, is available as a means of communication and you can say that's a really interesting point because this pharmaceutical corporation does have a history of doing this however they're also responsible for this drug which I take and uh, you know and you can move on from the conversation with uh, from the move on with the conversation from there I, I actually had a um, an experience with that recently um, when I was uh, visiting some friends we were uh, chatting about some of the Conservative Party's current policies and some of the um, uh, 
tax breaks and benefits plans that they're putting into place right now. And, and um, one of my friends was all for it. She's saying, you know, well, this will this will help with it's the income splitting thing that's happening. Um, she's, she said, you know, well, if I can, that will help us immensely. That would be great. And um, my other friend and I were saying, well, you know, yeah, it's not that it's a bad thing. It, it, this measure in itself, it's not bad. The thing is, if you're only going to wait, make one measure, it only helps a small f- group of people. And these are people who are fairly o- well off, or yeah. at least they're getting by. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but the idea is it's only helping a small subset of the population. Mm-hmm. And it's not so... And arguably a subset that And, and arguably, like, yeah, if you're going to help one subset of the population, it probably shouldn't be these people, because they can probably, they're feeding themselves, they're paying their mortgages, they have mortgages, a lot of yeah. them, right? They're fortunate enough that for that, like, there's, there's a lot of things. So it was, you know, my friends and I don't tend to get into these kinds of discussions online, but had we, there's no way that we would have had that kind of understanding sort of conversation. I don't know that anybody necessarily changed their minds, but I think we had a good open conversation and that we were able to discuss that. And there's no way that if I had just posted something like, I'm not in favor of the income splitting thing, not someone would have said, oh, but it helps. Like, it's a good thing, you know, and it would have automatically been like, well, you're clearly like, you know, why don't you want a good thing? Because so you want only bad things. You're a communist. You're, you know, it would devolve into something like that. And it's, uh, yeah. So that face to face made the difference. But that's what I'm just wondering, though, is why does the Internet create this barrier to so this does happen everywhere ideas are discussed, but it does seem especially bad on the internet and on social media in general. This nuance seems to fall away and people seem less interested in discussing it. And I am I have a couple of guesses as to why. Part of it is you don't see body language. Yes. So uh, when somebody, and you you end up having to fill in the blanks with with your expectations of what the other person is saying. So you end up, if you know that they're on the other side of the political spectrum, you assume that they have a whole bunch of positions that that haven't necessarily been fully spelled out. And you, uh, the, the discussion is also a little bit harder to have because a lot of people, you know, type out these big, long, uninterrupted rants, which you then have to fisk in order to address the points yes. that they make. And you can't have a conversation. You end up posting walls of text back and forth. Um, and the person like me who can type, you know, at 150 words per minute has an advantage. Uh, in, in those sorts of situations, you know? Um, but one of the other things that I think is a major contributor is the fact that the discussion on the internet is asynchronous. You post something, and then you walk away, and then you come back, and you've got 12 notifications because these three people liked it, and these three people responded, and these two people tagged you in posts responding to it. And uh, other people in the, in the, in the interim when you're away from the computer and you haven't responded, they are stewing. They are making assumptions about what you meant when you didn't have a, an opportunity mm-hmm. to clarify it. They are attributing uh, beliefs and attitudes to you that you may or may not have. They're filling in a lot of the blanks. Uh, and they might, e- even just the fact that you haven't responded yet, they might uh, interpret that in some in some unfavorable way, and you can just work yourself up. And if you just <laughs> this happened to me with a friend of mine, we were literally arguing about something 
uh, in this kind of situation on the internet, in public, and we were we were across the room from each other <laughs> at one point, and suddenly he just sent me a message, and he's like, "I need a hug," Aww. and I'm like, "Yeah, I need." And we just walk we and we gave we walked across the room, we gave each other hugs, you know, <laughs> and, and that yelled at each yeah, other some more. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> I, I don't think we did, but like that that kind of actual human contact and remember on the internet it's easier to forget that there's another human being on the other side of that and there's there's a great NPR um, uh, this American there's a great this American life episode where uh, uh, Lindy West actually confronts one of her trolls on the internet and he says not just one of them but like the worst troll ever. yeah yeah the guy the guy who was pretending to be her dead father and trolling her on the internet. Like, it was... He... There's this moment where he's like, yeah, I had forgotten that there was another human being on the other end of this. And that that can make all the difference. So... You end up fighting. You end up shouting at each other. And it's awful. So what do we do about it? Do you guys have any recommendations for how we can... How we can try to get nuance across or how we can try to tone down the identity politics a little bit and actually have a discussion rather than just trying to win the day all the time. Get into more fights until everybody understands what the correct position is. <laughs> <laughs> your, your suggestions are always productive, Ashley. It's a very slash-and-burn approach. <laughs> uh, well, see, because I think I'm not on the other side of this debate cuz nuance but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like my partners are always telling me that I need to stop getting into fights online <laughs> because I don't really have a problem like you guys are saying like sometimes I don't want to post something cuz I'm worried about what people are going to reply I don't really have that issue and that's fine and I'm not saying don't get into fights no no I know um but when when I get into these arguments you know and I get <laughs> and I get people telling me that I need to be less angry or whatever. Um, there are arguments where the other person is just wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, not, but not always. This isn't going to be super helpful, but the platforms of a lot of the social media, I'm not on a lot of different things, but the most popular ones like Facebook, I mean, it's just the, the way that it's set up. We are literally people shouting at a wall like or off a wall right so it's set up for you to forget that there are other people yeah. there that someone may be receiving your your information that you're you're passing on right so um just so just that context you know it's something that we all don't probably think about very much but really you think about it, you just type your status and post it away right Whereas in if you're standing face to face or even in the same room on the other end of the room from somebody, you may act a little bit differently. Maybe you may not change your content, your the content of what you're trying to say, but the interaction will probably go quite differently than it will on the internet. So just to keep that in mind, you know, maybe just think of it rather than I'm on a wall shouting to the world, you know, I am in a room and maybe this person's standing right there. Not that you should censor yourself, but just think, if that were the case, how would I interact with people? And if you would interact the same way, well, that's fine, you know, if that's, if that's how you are. But, you know, if you find that 
And, and maybe, too, self-reflection. Self-reflection is something that most of us don't do enough of yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways. Or we do, but maybe only in some parts of life and not others. So think about, you know, the way that I write and the way that I post things. Is this the way that I am in other aspects of life, right? And if you find a big difference there, and then maybe say, okay, well, if we're having the same discussion but a different situation with people closer or something like that, how would I, how would I do it then? And then to remember that, yeah, there is actually somebody on the other end. It's not just some... Well, we can do that for ourselves, but how can we... Yeah, exactly. Rather than that. Like, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to be able to tell everybody on the internet to, you know, hey, I'm trying to have a discussion with nuance here. Yeah. You know, then people will just steamroll over you and create more straw bullshit. Yeah. Than like <laughs> I said, that's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, well, but I think one of the things is we, you know, we can't control other people. We can't, but we can ha- we can try to exert some level of well, yeah, some <laughs> level of control over the way we respond to things, and and that's something that for me at least I find very important in my life because if I am passionately hammering something out on my keyboard, if I recognize that I'm doing that. And I tell myself to stop and just take a breath and really think about why I'm writing what I'm writing. You know, have I really thought through what the other person is trying to express? Or am I attributing a bunch of opinions and positions to them based on what side of the argument I assume that they are on? Um, You know, because people hear what they expect to hear. And they they hear what they want to hear in some cases. You know, if if I take that time just for myself... Not only am I going to calm down a little bit, which helps, you know, my blood pressure, uh, you know, maybe I will still post the same thing, but s- sometimes I'll go back and reread what, what set me off on this thing. And no, it, it doesn't say what I assumed it said, you know, and I saved myself some time. I saved myself some, some angst. Okay. I really like that. Cause a lot of the time what I hear, uh, from people who are having this sort of discussion is, you know, if you get into an argument with somebody and it gets really heated, maybe you should just step back. But I have huge difficulties doing that because Mm. that's, you know, letting them think that they won. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And you need to win. (laughs) Well, not win, but just like, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to know that I've been heard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get that. But I like that where you just take a minute and think about it and maybe I'll still post the same thing, but maybe I'll read their thing again and not post that. Yeah. 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 Because it's probably only going to take a little bit, like a tiny bit more time. And then maybe you can make sure that your point is really what you want it to be. Yeah. 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 And and it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be about... uh, you know, giving up on the discussion or not confronting somebody who has made a grave error or something like that. Some sometimes it just it's just healthier for you, and you have to care about yourself too. You know, uh, if if I find that if I'm getting really worked up about something, that you know it it hurts me. Like it's it's mm-hmm. harmful to my uh, my mental well being, and so it's helpful for me to just take a minute mm-hmm. and reflect, you know? And, you know, maybe maybe I'll go meditate for a few minutes because I like that. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, granted, I haven't had a lot of time to think about how to fix this or work on improving this situation in the greater context. Um, 
but uh, I I think that if the mainstream media or like the major news sources or information sources there's been a shift over the last few years and in some parts of the world more than others to a very confrontational very um polarized polarized presentation of the either the events of the day or opinion or whatever it happens to be and i feel like if we can if we could move back to a less polarized view all the time, I mean, obviously some topics are going to be more polarizing than others, and that's just the nature of it. But if in general we can present things in a, present the general news in a just a more objective just fashion, just sort of the, <laughs> just sort of the facts, I mean, you're always going to have a little bit of editorializing and that's kind of okay. But like in allowing for some nuance in that because that informs our culture a lot right whether you watch the news actively or you hear about it through someone else it's the way that everything is presented and so then we learn well no this is an acceptable way to interact with other people right because i saw them do it so why can't i do it when i have a piece of news information or even not this is an acceptable way to interact but i'm gonna parrot their points right back at you yeah right <laughs> Sure. And <laughs> parroting the point, that, that reminds me, when somebody starts arguing, when I, when I see a creationist and a skeptic, for example, arguing on Facebook, sometimes I'll just watch and just think, this could be two chatbots, like, having a conversation, <laughs> right? Because, you know, creationist uses Paluxy footprints. Skeptic responds effective. with, yeah, creationist used Paluxy footprints. It's not very effective. Skeptic used talkorigins.org. It's super effective, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they're just, they're, you know, doing a search on Talk Origins or doing a search on, you know, the Creation Research Network or whatever that, that series of sites is mm -hmm. called. And they're just copying and pasting and posting at each other. And I'm like, what's, like, what, what, you know, I'm not <laughs> saying that it's not important to engage at some point in these issues, but you know, they're, they might as well be two chatbots. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess if I had to sum up this segment, you're either for or against social media and Jem is against it. <laughs> That's about as much nuance uh, as you can expect from summary. I think we've summary. gotten that from like every other podcast that we've done. <laughs> Jem hates Facebook. I wonder how many times that's been said. Oh, let, let, let's just take it to the next level. Jem's a Luddite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we talk about the much happier subject of missing children? My topic's a little different. Um, it goes back to... You see it sometimes on Facebook and other social media, but you it mo mostly goes back to the, when you know everybody's grandmother got a Hotmail account. And... <laughs> Not only were there chain mail, but there was, you'd see a lot of um, missing children adverts. Anybody mm -hmm. remember these? With mm -hmm. the, you know, look for this little blonde girl and she's been missing since this date and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And that has, you know, share, share on your wall. The kid was found 20 minutes later. That's not her actual picture. And this is three weeks later and people were looking for this other child. And mm -hmm. everybody's going on and on about, oh, where is she? What's happening with this? And, and I'm, I'm making generalizations here, but these things go on forever. Mm -hmm. As we were talking about, you can't opt out on social media. You also can't really, nothing goes away. Mm -hmm. You'll find things floating around out there. Penguin sweaters. Yes, penguin sweaters <laughs> is a great one. Why don't you... Uh, so, 
after some oil spill or another, I don't remember the details because I didn't look it up, there was a call put out for sweaters for these penguins that would keep them from being cold while they were getting all of this oil off of them and it would stop them from preening and, and ingesting the oil. And uh, they found out that it didn't work at all. But because the call had already gone out, they've received like a bazillion tiny penguin sweaters. And uh, because they don't actually yeah. work, like there's a pattern that's still going around online for these penguin sweaters and an address to send them to. So when this place gets the penguin sweaters, they just put them on stuffed penguins and sell them in the gift shop <laughs> oh. <laughs> to raise money for the penguins. They had a warehouse full of penguin sweaters. Yeah. Wow. And, and yeah, like, like you can delete stuff from your own feed. But if it's been shared, it's been shared, yeah, you know, and, and it's it's, it's out in the wild. And well, and there's no and how do you recall it? Yeah, there's dangerous pictures of other people's children floating around out there, and oh my god, that's the girl from the ad that I don't realize is seven years old, and there's this other small child. Let me take them to the police. Nothing that, I mean, that's a drastic situation, mm -hmm. but. Getting all these people up in arms about missing babies or which missing is, pets. Yeah, which is sad, you know? Nobody nobody wants to think of these things, right? So we all want to right the wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, this gets to... This is a problem because most people yeah, will share it, but there's no... For the most part, there's no follow-up on that, right? Yeah. People will think, oh, I'm sharing this. Keep the lookout. Tomorrow they forget because life is busy and they had a busy day and whatever. And, you know, maybe they heard about... It being resolved, maybe they didn't. Who knows? Do you think they're going to go back on their feed and comment on it or repost and yeah, say, like, update? Look. Um, there is a lot of people that I happen to know seem to be very concerned about missing dogs, which is fine. I'm not a dog person, but they're very concerned about it. And so they, they do post this one, and that site does tend to update when they've posted a missing dog. They do post an update, been found or, or whatever, reunited, whatever they post about it. But that's the only one. You know, I've mm -hmm. never seen a picture of a missing child, which is arguably, sorry dog lovers, way more important than a missing dog. I love my pet. But children, like, missing human beings are the step above that. Anyway, um, you know, I, I don't see the my friends and family who've posted these things posting, oh, they've actually been found, you know? Yeah, or this one didn't exist. Or, or you know, yeah, this was, a, this was a whatever, you know. Yeah, this one was in Florida, not in Ontario. Well, and that's the thing, too, you know, like, if you're going to post this, it should be from a verified site, like maybe it was like legitimately on the news or something like in your community. Like it's gotta be somewhere where you can say, no, this really happened. If you're posting a missing child in a different province, how do you have any well, idea? But social networks though. Like I, I'm friends with a bunch of people in the States and I am friends with a couple people in Europe as well. Right. Um, so like they'll, they'll hop. <laughs> Right. Oh no! Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, if I see I see somebody like my cousins live in Alberta, and so they'll post maybe a, a missing child who's in Alberta. I'll say, oh, that really sucks. You know, I'll try to remember the face or something. Maybe I don't know. But I would never repost it because I'm like, I don't know anything about this case. I didn't see anything. Mm. Like, there's no national alert out about it that can be verified. So you don't repost that. Mm -hmm. you, you like you just don't unless like you know now if you're posting to like. Um, 
friends group on Facebook and like every, most people know this person yeah. maybe and you can, again you can verify this is really something that happened and it's right the right person and all of this stuff then yeah go ahead but it's like maybe don't share it with the whole world because it's going to get posted to somebody in Finland and I mean they don't like <laughs> and then it gets altered right because it can so easily we have to translate that. it to Finnish well yeah exactly like, so, you know, some of these problems could be could be uh, minimized by instead of posting a a picture, you know, on Facebook with a description, you could post a link to a site, mm -hmm. and then that site can be updated. But then you're going to have many fewer people clicking through it because mm -hmm. it's not going to be visible in their feed to yeah. the same to the yeah. same degree. Yeah. Um, well, and that's actually something that um, similar animal rescue sites learned from the whole penguin sweater thing. Uh, they're is a, is a website now where it shows you exactly what you should do if you want to run a similar campaign. It's like, first you need to put a pattern up, but the pattern needs to have clear links to an address with um, the instructions that you can change if you no longer need any. Yeah. <laughs> and the instructions that go with the pattern should clearly say, do not remove this stuff and don't put it all into one file, because as soon as it's all in one file with the address and the instructions and the pattern, people will just keep turning them out. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the big one, but I, I sent it to you a couple months ago, maybe a month ago. The koala mittens. Koala mittens, yep. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. Brush fires in Australia. Yeah. So. They burn their tiny hands and they actually need little cotton mittens to go over their bandages. Oh. And, and of course they throw them out every day when they change their bandages, yeah. so they need a lot of them. Yeah. So it's, here's a pattern to make band, like, cotton mittens for and koalas. Because out of koalas... Sheets. You block their face and block the rest of their body so their hands get the brunt of the brush fires. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, like, it sounded like one of those things where you should check this out because that sounds yeah. like, but you know, tiny koala mittens. How does that not pull at your heartstrings? Well, yeah. yes, I'm thinking that's the cutest, saddest thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do hugs said koala if it wasn't a vicious creature that's always high? I've always wanted to hug a koala. <laughs> They're high. If you go to Australia, you can hug koalas. I would love to. Yes. Um, but yeah, you uh, no, that's a really good point. But just check it out online before yeah, you make you know, a koala mitten. You know, and if you're, the, <laughs> you're, if you're a sweet, kind-hearted person that is willing to just be like, there is something that I, I have a skill and some time and maybe some resources to send this, you know, just make sure that all of that effort is going to, is really going to pay off, yeah. right? Because wouldn't it be sad if all your effort is sitting on a stuffed penguin in a gift shop? No, it would be adorable. That's <laughs> true, but still sort of sad. But if yeah. we're going to bring it back to nuance, keep your altruism off of Facebook. <laughs> oh. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> but all of these things involve you know, using social media wisely. Yeah. You know, if you're going to share a link, look it up to see whether your information is for real. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to engage in debate, think about the fact that it's a person that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. And you may not always be right. <laughs> that was not directed at you. That, You're always right. That's, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good point, too, though. Like, and, and it's one that I harp on over and over and over again, but it's, you know, I think it bears repeating. You know, sometimes we're wrong about stuff. And it's okay. But we're skeptics, Jim. How can we be wrong? Yeah. <laughs> it's a true yeah. story. It's important to be able to recognize those things, and if somebody does talk you into their position during a Facebook you know, debate, just admit it. And be friends, and go across the room for a hug. Yeah. H hugs are great, man. Super. Hugs are great. I'm going to be on the opposite side of that debate, but 
So any final comments on using social media as a skeptic? Yeah, I mean, just check your sources. You know, like, ch check your sources and check your, you know, being a, a reasonable person, a nice person, you know. Yeah, just continue to be a cool person whether you're on the internet or not. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, don't forget to be awesome, as Hank Green says. And don't be a dick, as Will Wheaton says. Or Phil Plate. Phil Plate. I mean, Will Wheaton <laughs> said it first. First. Be, nobody else had ever used that phrase before nope. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Thing. I think Phil Plate admittedly has taken it from Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, he, 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 he attributed to, be... to, okay. uh, to Will Wheaton. <laughs> There's your Star Trek reference. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah. We've gotten our Star Trek right. reference in for the yeah. day. Don't be a dick, as Wesley Crusher says. But it's so easy to be a dick to Wesley Crusher. Oh, man. <laughs> Get that child off my bridge! <laughs> this has been Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to suggest a topic for the show, send us an email at l-u-e-e-podcast at winnipegskeptics.com. If you want to show your support, give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or just share the show with a friend. Our music is produced by the very talented Ian James, who also edited this episode. Yeah, but, like, she's putting out a... She's trying to do this bulk order for... Something called butter oil, which I can't... Fi I don't know what this would be. And cod liver oil to take every day. I'm like, why don't you just take a vitamin D supplement? You don't... Nobody needs cod liver oil anymore. Like, no. you really don't. Except cod. Except yeah. maybe cod. Yeah, and so I just... I don't understand. And then somebody in her... That she had tagged in this mentioned the Weston A. Price Foundation, which are terrible... I didn't know anything about them until I wrote that article about infant formula, and they, like, have recipes to make your own that include, like, beef liver. Oh. Yes. Oh it's bad, bad news. So I, I can't, I can't... That's what I want my infant formula, organ meats. <laughs> well, they, they have, I mean, they have other recipes on there, too, but, but the whole thing is, like, no, make your own formula. Like, just, like, no, 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 no. Leave that to the nice sterile labs that produce this stuff. Please mm -hmm. and thank you. Oh, I was going to tell you. I was, when I was on Pinterest doing the kid costume things, I Googled, like, not Google, I, I entered your name in the search bar because I wondered if you actually had a Pinterest and if you would see my little board. Oh, I don't. Anything. No. <laughs> yeah. But the, the article that you wrote about infant formula came up. Hey! Yay! <laughs> so your article is on Pinterest. Excellent. They mentioned it on uh, the reality check. Yeah. Actually, mm -hmm. I was listening. I was listening intently. It's like, oh, this is from a Skeptic North contributor, Jim. I thought I heard Jim, so I didn't yeah. really pay attention to the last name. It's like his wife, Laura Creek Newman. I'm like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. I was just like, oh my god. I got mentioned on the internet. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I mentioned okay, you're not on the internet every month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just don't understand what butter oil is. So I was just no. wondering if you guys had ever heard of something called butter. Because no, like, just eat some fucking butter. Is well, it like the, you have the butter solids and then what you skim off yeah. is the solids and I then guess. what's left is just well, butter? But isn't that just clarified butter? Is yeah. that yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I don't know why you need
eat that to take well, popcorn? That yeah, why not just have oh, we some should have popcorn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this, and this woman lives on a dairy farm, <laughs> 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 and she's buying butter. Oil. Well, I mean, I mean, the way that modern dairy farms work, like you don't milk your own cows; like it all just gets no, shipped right yeah. off, and like yeah. you have to, like they don't have any of their own stuff. But I just think it's funny that she yeah. lives on a dairy farm and she's taking butter oil. I'm like, what the? F- you get hugs. You're special. <laughs>